Hello, and welcome to My Fair Money, the impact investing podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Two Degrees Investing Initiative, which wants to align financial markets with the Paris Climate Goals and AWE Studio. We're here to demystify the world of impact investing and show you how to grow your wealth while making the world a little bit better. Disclaimer. This podcast gives the floor to external experts who are sharing their own opinion. We are not in the business of giving investment advice. For two DII's views on each topic, please visit the My Fair Money blog. Hi, and welcome back. My name is Kirill Hartog. I'm a journalist, media entrepreneur, and an amateur investor myself, and I am still your host for this podcast. Today, we're going to go through different types of financial products. As investors who care about climate change, and want our money to have a positive impact, what are the different instruments at our disposal? To answer that question, I've invited Michael Mango from 2DII. Okay, I'm, I'm uh, Michael, Michael Mango, and I'm the Chief Scientific Officer of 2DI, especially working on the retail and impact investing uh, streams of 2DI. And 2DI is a think tank specialized in sustainable finance. So what are financial products? So a financial product is basically a contract by which a person gets a compensation in exchange of letting his money at the disposal of someone else, let's say another user, for a specific period of time. And the return he will get uh, will be fixed or viable and is thought as a compensation for the risk he is going to take. And so the, the financial products they are issued by banks, by financial institutions, by governments or by companies. And what are the different types of products that, as a retail investor, I can access? Ooh, there are so many. There are so many. Uh, uh, to, 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 to keep it simple, I would say uh, first option for you as a retail investor is to, to put your savings into deposits uh, in current or saving accounts at a bank. That's the first option. Second option would be to, to buy directly some securities in the financial markets. And here I'm talking about stocks or bonds. Or you do the same, but not in public markets. You do it outside of markets. Uh, you can buy stocks or bonds uh, uh, via crowdfunding platforms, for instance. Let's clear up two terms here, public versus private equity and securities. So securities, or financial securities to be precise, are financial instruments that hold some type of monetary value. The most common types of securities are stocks and bonds. Stocks and bonds can be bought and sold on public markets. Anyone can create an account on a trading platform and buy shares of Apple, Tesla, Microsoft, whatever. But private equity is different. This is when companies, usually smaller companies, that aren't publicly traded make shares or equity available to investors. Private equity is usually harder to access. The threshold for investing is usually higher, meaning you'll need more capital. And finally, you're... Uh, another option that is pretty common is to buy shares of investment funds. And the investment funds, they will invest on behalf of you and other investors in various assets like uh, listed stocks, unlisted stocks, listed debt, unlisted debt, real estate, etc. So it's even possible, right, in theory, to invest in a fund that then invests in other funds and then those funds invest in companies. True. And we could do it infinitely. You can, at some point, there could be fun of fun of funds. Uh, no issue about it, yeah. Fund inception, right. So let's get to the core of the question that we're tackling in this podcast, which is about impact. So which of the types of assets that you just went through have a higher or lower potential to actually have an impact in the real economy? 
if you're a retail investor interested in the environment? It's a pretty tough question because uh, having impact is not straightforward. So uh, at the end of the day, it will be a case-by-case -case study. I cannot say uh, a category is good for impact per, per definition, by nature. No, I can't say that. And academic research is pretty clear about uh, the different ways you can have impact as an investor. We can just check which products are actually actioning the different levers at the disposal of the investor in order to have impact. So this being said, the ones that sounds the most promising in order to deliver impact are the one that uh, provide additional capital to positive impact project holders. What do you mean by additional capital? Is it that my money is going into an extra fund that's dedicated to a specific topic? So a company, let's say, that provide contributions to a, an environmental issue or a social issue, that's, a, let's say, a positive impact company. And as an investor, you can provide additional funding to that company. But we have to pay attention whether the financial products help you to provide additional funding. To, to make it simple, the, the most probable case where you're going to provide additional, additional funding is when you invest in private market funds. Let's say private equity funds or private debt funds because they are specialized in companies that are pretty small and that really need your money. Uh, if you invest in public equity funds, you will buy securities not issued by the company, but securities that have already been issued and that are just traded on a market. So it's a second-hand market. You do not provide the funding. And you and even, even though you provide the funding, let's say you participate to an IPO. An IPO, or initial public offering, is basically the process of offering shares of a private corporation to the public in a new stock issuance for the first time. An IPO allows a company to raise equity capital from public investors. Let's say you participate to an IPO. It's a large company. If it doesn't get the money from you, it can get the money from someone else or it can get the money from a bank, which is not at all the case for small and medium-sized companies. So what we need is to target products that focus on those small players. And where do you get that? You get that uh, through private equity, private debt funds, or through crowdfunding, or through your bank by providing deposits to your banks and the bank will use it to issue some loans to those SMEs. Meaning small and medium-sized enterprises. So since you're mentioning private equity, I think it would be good to touch upon the factor of risk because you mentioned that often these are smaller funds or smaller companies. So what is the risk return trade-off that we need to take into account when we decide these things? Uh, if you go to private equity, uh, you're gonna have to accept some illiquidity. Illiquidity means an asset can't be exchanged for cash easily. In other words, you might want to sell your investment, but there won't be anyone to buy it from you. Private equity funds are known to lock in the money of their investors for, let's say, a period of 10 years. There could be redemption before that moment, but uh, only under cert certain circumstances. So a major risk for some products is an illiquidity risk. And there are other risks like market risk, like the volatility of the price uh, on a daily basis, it's another risk to type of risk to pay attention to, for sure. By the way, if you're wondering where you can get more information about the different financial instruments available to you as an impact-driven retail investor, then check out myfairmoney.eu. 
Using the database, you can find financial products with a high impact potential and really start making a difference. Maybe let's move to a more practical example. So let's try to imagine a couple of different investor profile types for our audience. So say I'm a young guy in my 20s, not so much savings, maybe slightly risk averse, but I also don't have children or a mortgage, so I'm willing to take some risk. What do you recommend I do if I want to make my money work towards a greener future? If he doesn't really want to take risk, I will uh, recommend to go to deposits in green current and saving accounts. And, but it sounds a bit more exotic, he can go to uh, crowd lending. So using crowdfunding platforms and focalize on a debt instrument, on a loan. And if he doesn't want to take risk, let's go for short-term loans. And what is super crucial in that case is to diversify across many different projects so that if there is one that, that is going bankrupt, you don't care because you have so many. A debt instrument is any financial tool used to raise capital. Long-term debt instruments include bonds and long-term loans from financial institutions, while short-term instruments include working capital loans and short-term loans from financial instruments. So debt instruments, are if they are listed, those are called bonds. If they are not listed, those are loans. So a bank issues loans to companies. It grants loans to companies. But a company can also issue some debts and make it tradable on the bond market. And in that case, it's called a bond. And you can buy investment funds that invest in bonds or that issue some loans. There are many options at disposal, so many. Let's take another case. A lady in her 40s. She's got quite a bit of money put aside. She knows about investments. She's ready to take some risk or maybe accept a little more illiquidity. So what would you suggest for this kind of profile? Definitely to go to uh, green private equity funds or green infrastructure funds. Uh, uh, an infrastructure fund is the fund that invests directly in a project and it would get cash out of the project. So let's say uh, a wind farm, for instance. A wind farm can create a, a special purpose vehicle that will issue some debt and some stocks, and you can buy stocks or debt. In that case, you will, again, you, your money will be locked in for, let's say, 10 years. So if our listeners want to get a better idea before investing a part of their savings, we need to zoom out, right? And we need to talk about all these profiles. So is there like a checklist or some sort of general rule of thumb advice that you would give for anyone who's going to make this jump into impact investing and just doesn't know where to start? Yeah. So in order to get impact, uh, the key concepts of finance still apply. So you have to check first your risk and liquidity appetite. It will open or close some doors to you. So if, uh, like we said before, if you cannot deal with risk, you, you cannot uh, access stocks in whatever form. If you can deal better with risk, you, you, some more doors are open to you. So first, you, you check whether you can accept risk. And second, whether you can accept uh, that your money will be locked in for 5, 10 years. That's the key, the first key step. Then you, if you are interested into impact, you have to question, uh, will my provision of capital lead to some additional, additional funding for companies? So that's a, a very crucial way to think about things in terms of additionality of financing. Additionality is when an activity is additional, so when it is adding something new to the context. For instance, if we're talking about renewable energy generation, 
companies that invest in new, expanding, or developing renewable generation sources, as opposed to buying into what is already available or planned, they can claim additionality. It will lead you to, to investigate, to investigate whether the financial product you are interested in is invested into primary markets or secondary markets. Primary markets means the product provides capital to the, to the project holders. Secondary markets means it doesn't provide capital. It just buys instruments from someone else. First key thing to, to look at when you are an impact-motivated investor is to question whether you will going to provide funding thanks to primary markets or secondary markets. Second, let's say you are interested into uh, saving accounts. In that case, you have to question whether your bank uh, will use your deposits to provide additional lending. Many times when you, pro when you provide deposits to, a, let's say, a green saving account, it will uh, match your deposits to a loan, but to an existing loan of the bank. So it's not additional. It's just a reattribution of the portfolio of loans of your bank which is not what you want, right? You want to provide additional funding to a new project holder. So it doesn't work. So you need the bank to provide real evidence that for each new deposit, there is a new, a new loan provided. And finally, a key question always is to think, is my money going to be used by, let's say, uh, an organization that is lacking access to, to financing? Most of the time, we know what kind of entities are lacking access to financing. Those are the SMEs the small uh, municipalities or the households. But if you invest in a financial product that finally invests in securities of large companies, most of the time you will not provide additional funding. So it's useless to have impact in that case. Let me ask you a little bit more about that last point because I think it's really interesting. So you could make the case that maybe you could have more of an impact if you actually invest in a large company uh, because they have more resources, a wider reach, and projects that are more far-reaching, right? But you seem to be suggesting that, at least as far as your definition of impact goes, the SMEs and the regional or the local level is more impactful than, I don't know, forcing a majority vote in Tesla to get another woman on the board or something like that. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that you cannot have any impact by dealing with large companies. I'm just saying that you will be a drop in the sea. First, so uh, whatever you're doing, you will be small. Like as a shareholder during a, a general meeting, you will be super small. You will have uh, one vote out of uh, uh, several million. And second, many doors of impact are closed to you if you deal with large companies. Like you will not provide additional funding to them. So the only way to have impact on large companies is basically through engagement. What you're, you were saying, uh, engaging and voting. To have impact through that channel, you need to be super big. And as an individual investor, most probably you will be not big enough to influence the votes. So uh, there is a high chance to end up with a zero impact. When you invest through private equity funds, for instance, you do not aim big, but you are much surer to deliver a non-zero impact. If you go with very large uh, companies, uh, it's like buying an impact lottery ticket. If it works, it, it can be super big. If you influence Tesla or an oil major, it can be super big. But the probability to really influence the major is super thin. So it's a lottery ticket to me. Thanks, Mikael. And before we go, I wanted to mention one more interesting financial product that Alex talked about. 
For example, you have a, a French government proposal relatively recently to get rid of sort of a very regulated type of savings account that has existed in France for a long time and dip into those funds and essentially transform them into a type of green savings account. You're not actually taking people's money, right? Like your money's in the bank, the bank goes out and invests that money. You just have a claim on that money whenever you go to the bank to withdraw it. So what effectively would happen is all this money that's in what's called the livret A would be used in order to fund green infrastructure projects and sort of fund the energy transition uh, instead of just, you know, the banks doing what they do with it or whether they're buying French government bonds with it. So I think if we're going to talk about this high level, absolutely, we could have some sort of regulatory policy that happens at a high level that mandates maybe that savings accounts, uh, banks must invest 50% in sort of uh, you know, the green economy, that would be fantastic. I, I think at an even bigger level than that, you know, I would love to see central banks get more involved in this because it's a it's a systemic financial risk because we're going to be confronted with economic catastrophes as a result of climate change. Let's hope that other countries follow France's example and make impact investing more accessible and easier to start. I feel like this episode was quite dense, but hopefully we managed to break it down for you and give you an idea of the wide range of financial instruments you have at your disposal as a retail investor. So let's do a quick recap of what we covered today. We went over the most common available financial instruments. We discussed how the level of impact varies from instrument to instrument and what to look out for when you're trying to measure that impact. We learned some important terms, like additionality and illiquidity. We looked at two different profiles of potential retail investors, and Mikael made some suggestions about which investment strategy would be best based on their needs. As a rule of thumb, it is much more difficult to achieve impact on public markets than on private markets. Yet if you want to invest in a fund focusing on publicly listed companies, but you want to maximize your impact potential, then look out for fund managers with credible engagement and voting strategies on sustainability. And finally, we went over the differences between investing in a large company and into SMEs, or small and medium enterprises, and how that could affect the impact your savings have. I am so excited to learn alongside you for the next few weeks, and I'd love it if you shared your thoughts and questions about the topics we discuss on this podcast by reaching out to us on social media. That brings us to the end of this episode of My Fair Money, the Impact Investing Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and learning about impact investing with us. This podcast is produced by Two Degrees Investing Initiative as part of their My Fair Money project for private investors and by us, AWE Studio, the storytelling studio for changemakers. The podcast artwork is by Marina Labella. Production is by Alexandra Tian. And the series is hosted by me, Kirill Hartog. Make sure to subscribe to My Fair Money on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and follow 2DII on LinkedIn and that thing that Elon Musk wants you to call X. Until next time, and remember, money never sleeps, so don't sleep on your money. <laughs>